Hi, I'm Shannon Torrance, and I am a spiritual junkie. Today, I'm going to be interviewing Susan Schuler, a psychic medium who I know, respect, and love. But before we jump into the interview, I'm just going to let her promotional video do the introduction for me, because it does a much better job than I ever could. And on another note, if you like this video, it would mean the world if you click on the thumbs up icon to like the video. And if you want more content like this in the future, please hit that subscribe button and share with like-minded friends. Thank you so much and enjoy the interview. Hi, my name is Susan Schuler, and I'm a psychic medium. Although I do a lot of one-on-one -on -one readings with clients, my favorite thing is to do public demonstrations. This is fun for me. I think it's a lot of fun for the audience as well because people who wouldn't normally come to see me for a one-on-one -on -one reading might feel a little more comfortable coming for an audience reading uh, because they can kind of sit back and just sort of see how things unfold. In a mediumship reading, I have people's, the audience members, uh, loved ones come through and just even sitting in the room and watching other people's loved ones come through, it can be quite an exciting experience. With the psychic readings, they're an awful lot of fun for me because it allows the audience to interact with me. And I can do readings that are uh, blindfolded. I can do readings that are just off a number, that I hold a number and somebody in the audience will hold a number. I don't even know who they are. Probably because I was a teacher for so many years that I know how important it is to get an audience involved. So there are times like I'll use a ball and throw it out there and the person who catches the ball will be the person who's allowed to ask the question. Um, other times I'll read psychometry, which means I'll gather up an object from somebody in the audience who I don't know who they are, and I will, being blindfold, I will actually read them from their object. I feel my demonstrations are very unique because I think I have a natural healing way about me and it's very sincere and very disarming for people. So as you're connecting them to their loved ones or you're talking about their personal issues, they're not stressed, it's not uncomfortable for them. Another reason I think people enjoy my events is because I'm really grounded and I'm a very sincere person. I'm not off with the fairies. I'm like, I'm here and I'm real. I'm a very happy, upbeat person. And I guarantee for those people that do attend my events, they will enjoy themselves. They're fun, they're action-packed, and they're very entertaining. Trust me, it's what I do. Hello, good morning, good day. I'm Shannon Torrance, and I am really excited today because I am interviewing a lovely woman who I know personally. Um, her name is Susan Schuler. She is a psychic medium in Los Angeles. And I came to know about Susan because I personally had a reading with her and found that she was one of the most accurate mediums that I have ever worked with. I have actually had the pleasure of um, studying with her as well, uh, studying mediumship, as I am on my own journey of um, learning how to do what she does. So um, I guess we'll just start by, Susan, tell us uh, how did you become a medium? I know the story, but um, I, I think it's an interesting one because a lot of mediums I have seen, heard of, say, oh, I was born um, talking to dead people. Um, what's your story? Well, it's interesting because mediumship is not something you choose to do. I mean, almost every medium I know, it sort of like finds you until you finally surrender to it. Mm -hmm. um, I know I had my first conversation with a person 
in my basement when I was six years old. Um, and I was always scared. I mean, like a terrified little kid because I had a really active imagination. And um, unfortunately, I mean, I lived upstairs from our restaurant and the basement was stone floors and really spooky. And the whole place was really spooky. Um, and my father had like sort of a wicked sense of humor. And so when I was in the basement doing chores, he would shut the lights off. And so it was almost like he played into this. And I just, uh, I was the type of kid that was just always scared and creeping around corners. Um, so I just started talking back to the people that were standing there. I didn't know what else to do. Uh, I found out years later, because I kind of remembered what the guy looked like. He was the gentleman who owned our restaurant before us. But it wasn't until years later, and I never told anybody about this. This was one of those things, as you probably know, when you hear voices and things along those lines, you just learn you don't tell people that. Mm -hmm. um, and I started hearing voices when I was probably around 11. Um, and I later found out that is also the time, like if you're schizophrenic, that that kind of comes in. So I'm kind of glad I didn't say anything to anyone. Uh, and I used to go through periods during middle school where I would have these periods of time that would just go missing. It was like um, <clears throat> I'd be in French class and the next thing I'd know, I'd kind of wake up and I would be sitting there eating lunch with my friends and I'd have no recollection as to how I got there. Wow. So there were all these like freaky things that kind of happened um, that I didn't really have anybody to share with. I remember one time sitting with my sister, Tammy, and saying, don't you hear those? Can't you hear that? And she just looked at me and shut me down and called me stupid. So I just learned, okay, you just don't ever say anything about that. Okay. Um, and, you know, I was always intrigued with past lives. I remember finding a book on my mother's shelf, Life After Life. Um, I think it came out in the late 70s. Yeah. Um, and it just sucked me in. So I was always intrigued by things like that, but in the same sense, I always slept with the nightlight. Uh, it wasn't until I think I got into, I remember reading The Celestine Prophecy. I read it um, too in college. Yeah, it, it was one of those things I think sucked a lot of us in. And uh, I think in the early 90s, I got into Transcendental Meditation. And after that, everything opened up. Um, but even then, there was still some hesitation. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's so interesting. Did you ever, was there anybody in your family that had ever spoke, spoken about this? Do you know if this was something that was inherited? You know, um, my dad used to raise wolves. That's <laughs> such a weird thing to say. Um, when my dad retired, um, he grew up on a farm, but when he retired, he raised wolves. And it never occurred to me until after he was gone. He was an animal communicator. He was clearly an animal communicator. I remember one time him jumping between me and a pit bull. And I'm, I remember thinking at the time, how did he know that dog was going to attack me? And it was like, he just dove for it. Wow. Um, and the fact that he raised wolves at a later time, and his one dog was like predominantly wolf with a little bit of, I think, husky or German shepherd. And I mean, that dog was, it, it scared most people, but he was like a big old pussycat to my dad. And my dad, he was, I remember watching him ride a horse one time and it was like the horse just did what he wanted. And, and the man was not a, like an avid horse rider. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. now I realize, like my dad definitely had that going for him. My grandmother on my mother's side was very hardcore Catholic. Um, I really feel she had a lot of intuitive skills, but she labeled it in kind of that arena because it made her feel a little bit better. 
Yeah. You know, so yeah, but it's not like anybody in my family. I'm not like one of those people that are like, I'm seven generations. No, it's nothing like that. Right. Yeah. Cause I've actually seen um, that they've done brain scans on mediums and found that their brains are in a, uh, a meditative state all the time. So I believe that it's something to do with the neurotransmitters in the brain while you're able to um, pick up on signals from the other side. As I know many mediums have said that it's like picking up a radio station um, and you have to have a sensitivity, which is why if you meditate a lot, um, which I have been doing and, and finding that that is really another way to still your mind so that you can pick up on those other frequencies. So, um, but you were born that way. And I know that you were also a teacher for many years. Um, a school teacher, is that right? Yeah, I taught high school English. Um, actually, I was certified to teach seven through 12. Um, and I started doing that in my 20s and loved it. And I loved working with kids. And um, as I stepped more into this, you know, being a medium, and my students all knew I was a medium. Oh, okay. um, I was really lucky. The district that I taught at in Los Angeles was all about diversity. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought, okay, if we're putting it all out there. Um, so I had parents who would talk to me about it. My kids would always ask me questions about it. Um, I was the teacher that if somebody was having anxiety because they were in the middle of a test, I'd walk over and put a crystal in their hand. You know, you know what I mean? But they were all cool about it. So it really worked. Yeah, that's great. And then at what point did you end up doing this professionally full-time? I was doing, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Um, I was doing this, um, probably there was a three-year overlap um, where I would come home from school and do readings um, and then go off and teach. But I was teaching AP classes, and I don't know if you know much about AP classes, they're pretty intense. And especially being an English teacher, you can imagine the grading that I had to do. The average school year, I had about 150 students, usually ninth grade and 12th grade, I ended up predominantly teaching. Um, so it got to the point in around 2015, where my husband at the time um, said to me, you're going to lose your mind, you have to pick one. And he was super supportive. So I was blessed, you know, mm -hmm. um, I never thought I would retire from teaching. It just never even occurred to me. Because right. uh, I just loved it so much. But this was a calling that I it's not that I didn't, I loved teaching less. It was just, I knew this was what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty unique skill that not many people, excuse me, <clears throat> many people have. Mm -hmm. And um, so I, I know that mediums get asked this a lot and um, they often say that after they do a reading, they don't remember the details, but do you have, um, because you're sort of in that zone, do you have any, uh, experiences that you've had that have been really memorable, maybe not in the reading, but that have led to something profound happening um, with a client or at a group reading um, or, or something of that nature where um, either it was profound for you or you heard back from somebody finding out that there was some synchronicity or something really interesting along um, around the reading that you actually did for them. Gosh, there's so many. Um, <clears throat> do you mean where a person came back later and was like, that was life altering? Because I yeah. hear that quite a bit. Or one that just stuck in your mind for some, any reason. Yeah, there's a few. Um, I hate to say this, but usually the most tragic ones when you're doing mediumship, um, those are the ones that will really stick with you. Um, 
you don't know who these people are, so I guess I can tell you about this. I, I did one just recently where um, the person who I was reading for, um, the person who came through in spirit had killed themselves with a gun, but they had killed somebody before they killed themselves. So they can be really intense and you can imagine, so with mediumship, you're not only navigating, you know, the spirit people who the gentleman who killed himself, but that the fact that he also killed somebody before he killed himself, the fact that this is a legal matter that is, you know, kind of going on. Yeah. And you've got people in front of you who are looking for clarity and they want some information. So it's really intense, um, you know, for them because they want answers, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so those are the types that I think are the hardest for me is when the family really are looking for answers because to me, this is sacred work. This is yeah. absolutely sacred work. Um, I do not do any of this lightly. Um, like I said, if I wanted to just do an easier career, I would have stayed as a teacher. This is by far and away the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but I love it more than anything. Um, so those types of things. And, and um, I did a reading for a, a woman yesterday who, um, or it was the first anniversary of her son's passing. And you know what I mean? So you're dealing with, and it happens so often um, where you know, as a medium, because we're not just giving messages, we're healing. I mean, we are healers. And that's what I'll say to people, especially like during psychic readings, they'll walk out of the room and they'll be like, man, I feel so much lighter. Mm -hmm. And I always laugh because I'm like, you don't realize you're getting a whole healing, like from the backside. And it's, it's so everything's kind of altering and changing. So, I mean, I've heard so many stories over the years of whether it was mediumship, um, a lot of times it will tweak a person's entire belief system, you know, yeah. because when you have your loved one clearly coming through and it's not like, I'm just like, Hey, I've got your dad here. He loves you. I was trained to be an evidential medium. So it's like, I need to give specifics and the same with psychic work. You know, you need to give specifics. Um, yeah. So there's so many, I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to begin, but I'm just going to say the ones where they're the most tragic, I think are the ones that, you know, oof, they're, 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 I'm just going to say they're powerful for everybody involved. Right. Yeah. Um, and have you ever been asked to help with, um, do you do criminal cases at all or help with things like that? I used to work on a website called findme.com oh. and uh, it was all about missing persons. Uh, they usually gave us one person a week. And at the time I was doing readings, teaching, and then trying to do that. So it was really a lot for me to kind of hang on to. Um, they wanted us to find the actual coordinates. So it was probably some of the hardest work that I've ever done in that respect. Um, I know I've got friends who can, with their pendulums, they'll find like latitude, longitudes of where people are located. Um, and the sad part of doing that kind of work is usually you are simply locating a body yeah. and at least giving closure to the family, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now with everything that you know, having uh, communicated with the other side, um, what do you think exactly is going on over there? 
I, you know, when I say this, I don't say this lightly, but I can't wait to cross. And I mean that totally, sincerely. I am not scared of death one bit. And it's interesting because if you talk to people who have had near-death experiences and they've crossed over for a period, when they come back, their whole life is totally altered. They, they no longer fear death. Um, I, my belief system, from what I've seen, um, is it's not like we just cross over and we're floating around having a, you know, just kind of like, you know, thanks and praising the Lord. It, it's not like that at all. Um, we're still learning, you know, you know this, Shannon. It's like our soul is in constant development and it's constantly wanting to learn. Um, we don't always incarnate as a human. You know, sometimes we incarnate, I'm not talking about a rock or an animal. What I'm talking about is in other solar systems as other, what we might refer to as ETs. Um, you know what I mean? So there's all of that aspect of things that are going on. Um, but I think there is the hall of records. I think when we cross, we're met with our main guide. Um, they're like our teacher guide that works with us, has a one-on-one -on -one relationship with us. I feel like we assess what we did, how we did it. Um, unfortunately or fortunately, I don't know how you want to look at this. We feel every emotion that we've made other people feel. So when you think about it in that terms, it really puts a whole different slant on the way that you want to live your life, you know, because you think, oh my God, I don't want to cause people pain. And we, and we do it in such, you know, think of all the, the pain that we've caused people where you didn't even mean to, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a hall of records. I think we kind of uh, sit with our person and pick out exactly what we want to learn the next time. Depending on what happened in our life, I think sometimes we might need to stay in the in-between time for a, a while to sort of rejuvenate. You know, I know I've seen like it's suicide cases. A lot of times it's like they sort of show up as going through a giant car wash of, you know, spirit and energy. Um, sometimes people will jump right in. Um, I've been told, and I don't know how I feel about this. I'm not sure if, I mean, my thoughts are constantly evolving, but when it's a suicide, you jump right back into another human body. Um, you don't really have the same amount of time to pick and choose. Mm -hmm. And that's why so many times when I'll connect into someone, and you probably know people like this, it's, it's almost like they were born under an angry sign where they come in with seven suitcases instead of the average one, mm -hmm. you know, and they just can't cut, cut a break. You yeah. know what I mean? There are certain people like that. Um, and I know I do past life work too. And there are times where you can tell that their lives were cut short. And so things that they wanted to figure out, they weren't able to figure out. I also think there's a whole layer of levels. It's not just because you cross to the other side, you're knowing all, you're not. It's like you kind of go up to the next level, to the next level whenever you're ready. And I, you know, we will also get to the point where we will no longer need to incarnate as a human. And I'd like to think because of my teaching, I'd like to think that I will help other people who are still in their human form. That's kind of what I'm striving for. Um, but you know, I'm open. Some people, honestly, when I connect in with them, they will show me like they're at a cocktail party. Some people will show me playing cards. Some people will show me, I know my, my niece was killed. And I know when I first connected into her, I saw her helping little children with cancer cross over. Like she was like there when they crossed over. And she loved kids, so it made perfect sense to me. Um, so it depends. I mean, it's sort of like very individual for um, each person. 
Um, I'm also told that uh, if you have like a real religious belief, like my mom's a born again Christian, I'm sure when she crosses over, Jesus is going to be the first person she meets. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's sort of like whatever is your reality is, is the way that it will present itself. You know, um, did I answer that question? You did. And that actually, that's as everything you described is as much as I've gathered from my obsessive research. And when I say research, I just read a lot and watch a lot of NDEs and books written by spiritualists and people who um, have, have crossed over and come back. And that does sound exactly on target with everything that I've gathered as well. Right. Um, and it's funny too, because have you ever seen the movie Defending Your Life with Meryl Streep? Yes, but it's been a long time. Watch it again, because it goes through the whole thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, somebody must have done their research for this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Definitely with the, with the different levels. Um, and um, I, th I don't believe in heaven and hell personally. I believe that there are different levels of energy that, um, and if you were a, a serial killer in this life, it's your soul is still, I, I, your soul is still pure. Souls are not bad. Souls are incarnated into bodies and whether due to trauma, abuse, um, uh, indoctrination, we are flawed as humans. And so we, are for, we have free will as humans, but I don't believe that the soul itself is inherently bad. Um, but I do think that if you do make those choices in life, um, you know, unless you're severely mentally ill and don't know better and it's, it's your mental illness, I do believe that you experience, have a different experience on the other side yeah. and that it isn't all floating around, but that you, you're, you sort of create your own hell with your own right. darkness. So um, I find that stuff so fascinating. Um, and, um, oh, it, okay, so here's a question I know you get asked all the time. Um, when you are communicating with the other side, um, what, uh, when you're communicating with the other side, what for you does it feel like? Do you see, do you hear? Um, and I know that do you, I, I, most people I know don't actually hear um, voices, although you, you said that you have. So I'd love to know what your experience is. It's different. I mean, every single time it's like a magical mystery tour. Um, and I know I go through spurts. Um, and this is what I always try to explain to my students. They're just like, oh, no, I'm totally clairvoyant. I'm like, don't worry, that'll change. Um, so, it, you know, it's like, uh, I think I started off um, with feelings more clairsentient. Mm -hmm. um, and I would definitely say clairsentience is my strongest, especially because I pick up so, so much medical stuff where it's like my organs will hurt or, you know, I'll get some weird feelings that way. Um, hearing, I do hear, but because of my own frame of reference, because of my literature background, my musical theater background, um, I will see quotes. So it's funny, instead of hearing the words, I actually see the words. Oh. Uh, you know, uh, and I think a lot of times from the, the learning that I've done over the years, Claire audience um, is something people don't always understand because I think a lot of times people will get the sound, you know, yeah. by actually seeing it rather than hearing it. And most of the time, most people don't. I think I have maybe two memories of actually hearing outside, like a voice outside. Usually it's the voice in your head. You know? Right. Yeah. And, yeah. 
Oh, and so I, when you were little, is that what sort of when you say? Oh, voice when I was little, that was totally different. When I was little, it was every, it was picture yourself in a room where there's like 30 people all talking at the same time and they're yelling at you. It was all, it was disturbing, but it wasn't like I, and, and it wasn't anything like kill your mother, kill your mother, you know, anything weird yeah. like that. It was just, everybody was screaming at me. And I think what the spirit world was trying to do is to get my attention, which they certainly did. Um, but it was, it was like a din. That's the only way I can say it. Years later, now it's like, like my, my master teacher guy, Jacob, who I do know, um, I'll, I know what his voice sounds like in my head. You know, I, so. Oh, that's so interesting. And then are you, it sounds like you are, but um, do you have a method for turning it off or does it just go off because spirit knows that you're not ready to do your work? Yeah, I think uh, because I was a teacher for so many years, I've got really good boundaries. So it's almost like it's an unintentional thing. Um, like I would never, uh, how can I put this? Um, I'm just going to say that I have really good boundaries. And so spirit knows not to bother me. <laughs> But there are times when I'm getting ready to do demonstrations. I remember one time being in a mall and a gentleman wouldn't leave me alone, a spirit gentleman. And he actually went to walk in the bathroom with me. And I was like, God, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> but that normally doesn't happen. He was just very, very insistent. And when I did the group reading later that day, um, there was a reason he was that insistent. Uh, but it, normally that doesn't happen to me. Right. And when you talk about um, clairvoyance, do you, here's something I always wonder, when you talk about, um, a, a, often a medium will say, I see a mother figure standing behind you, or I see um, a child standing by you. Do you, um, do you see the person, or is it more of in your mind's eye, the way that if you imagine an apple in your mind, um, you know what an apple looks like, but you're not actually seeing it. With your okay. Brain. Once again, it's different. One time I remember doing a demonstration and um, as we were getting ready, we were standing in the front of the room. All of a sudden I saw this little blonde girl, clear as day, little blonde girl run through the back of the room, run up the aisle and sit down like next to this woman. And I'm like, am I making this up? That was so weird. That was so weird. So instead of like immediately connecting into that, I was, you know, when I did the demonstration, I was like, I have a little girl here. I've been trained to never do physical descriptions just because, you know, am I a brunette? Am I blonde? What color are my eyes? You know what I mean? There's too many variables that can really shut down someone. Um, so to say that like, I have a lady here, she feels like someone's mother. Um, usually in those situations, it's like, it'll feel like somebody's mom. You know, and that's tricky sometimes because I know like when my dad comes through, he wasn't a traditional dad, so he doesn't feel like a dad. He usually comes through as somebody's uncle. Oh, yeah. You know? And how yeah. do you, um, that's actually uh, leads me to another good question that a lot of mediums will say that they are not able to read people they know or, or communicate with their own loved ones easily, um, although some do. And I wonder... Do how is it possible for you to obviously you did say that you you do communicate with your father and I know all of us think oh well great let's just have him up, like hang out all the time and invite him in and 
but does it happen spontaneously when he visits you with little little um, hellos from heaven as as they call it or do you sort of are you able to summon him at will um what's what's your take on that it's funny because um i was taking a class at arthur finley college um because i still love to study there to me it's just fun and if you don't know what arthur finley college is it's sort of like the the harvard of uh mediumistic training in the world um but I was going through a really hard time in my life when I was there at that particular time. And it was fun because I kept getting reading after reading after reading. And I just said, every person that I spoke with, I really wanted to communicate with my dad because of the one specific problem I was going through. So my dad was just constantly coming through. Mm -hmm. um, and it, so it was very intentional and I loved that. So that can happen sometimes. Um, my dad has a few songs he'll send my way. Um, he died on November 23rd. So I see one, one, two, threes all the time. That's like his way of waving. Uh, sometimes when I first was really tapping into this, I'd say, daddy, if that's you, t dim the lights. And he would dim the lights for me. So you know what I mean? It, it's like he, and he loves to help my students. He thinks this work is so much fun because like he was a little bit of an unusual guy. Mm -hmm. um, so I think he kind of digs the fact that this is unusual. But I think, my personal opinion, we all have the capability of connecting to our own loved ones, mm -hmm. um, usually through symbols, music, any of that. I don't think like you would necessarily need a medium for that, but it's not going to be as in-depth like I was talking about before, where if there's like a trial coming up or if you're looking for very specific things, um, you might need a medium for that. Right, yeah, and um, that's actually, how would you tell somebody who is not in this world but is open to it and does believe that um, their loved ones are in spirit, what would be the best way to communicate with them if you're not a medium um, and, and reach out to those you love and receive messages? they hear everything that we're saying you know it's like people have this misconception that like the spirit world some far far away place we reside in the same space it's just if you think about a fan how it moves really quick and you can't see it when it's moving that's the spirit world so it's like they're this far away from us so as long as you say aloud and i do this actually with my spirit guides too every morning i just have like and i live alone so i can do this but i just have an out loud conversation so you can do the same thing. Um, I know I liked having conversations with my dad when I was in my car because I could, because it just looked like I was on the phone and I'd be chatting away and nobody would think anything of it. And then I would have, you know, say, daddy, I'm just going to play with the, the radio. So I want you to give me some messages about what I'm going through. And he would do that. And we, it was hysterical. Some of the songs he would send me. I mean, he has a really good sense of humor. Um, so it's it's almost like you can set it up however you want to set it up, whatever works for you. I love music. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, and then for people who are interested in, do you believe that it's possible for somebody who wasn't born with that particular sensitivity um, but is open to training themselves, do you believe that it's possible for the layperson who suddenly has a spiritual uh, awakening to become a medium, whether professionally or not, but um, to learn to tap into spirit. 
I think everyone has the capability of tapping into spirit, hands down, absolutely. Just like if you think about this, we all have the capability of counting, okay? But not everybody has the capability of being an accountant, myself mm -hmm. included there, okay? Um, so it sort of depends. Um, with mediumship training, it's really two things. I don't have a gift. This, this is not a gift. This is an ability. Mm -hmm. And that's the way I look at it. And I have improved my ability through all of the training that I've done, which is, it's mandatory to have extreme discipline in order to do this, like what you were saying before with the meditation and all the other things. But more than anything, this is going to bring out every insecurity that you have. Because unless you really believe in yourself, love yourself, trust yourself, when you start getting those images or you start hearing those voices, you're not going to trust yourself. So it, it, this will really bring up any of your triggers. Yeah. Uh, and if you're not able to work through it. So what I've noticed is the people who can really advance the best are the people who have worked on their junk before yeah. they step into the training. Yep. You know what I mean? So it's, and, and I think it's cute sometimes too, because um, I know I spoke with a client the other day who was in her twenties and uh, she was pretty much saying, you know, I want to talk about romance. And I was like, I'm not sure if romance is where you need to be right now. I think there's still a lot of inner stuff like you need to be working on. And she's like, but I've been doing that for four years. I'm, I'm done. I'm ready. And it was like one of those things where I'm just like, okay. <laughs> And I know, I know why that's funny too. Um, I think it's not really necessarily up to us when we're ready. Um, <clears throat> having done a lot of, in fact, I used to be an atheist slash agnostic. Um, and it was through doing self-help spiritual work to heal my own junk that I said, well, what if I just act as if, what if I'm not really sure about God? Um, but what if, what if I just say, okay, let's just say there is God and God is holding me and I am supported and I do stop trying to manage everything myself and I do sort of give up that control. Um, and then miracles started to happen. And um, that's when I started to go, there's something to this, along with remembering a spiritual experience I had as a child where I saw a giant blue orb appear over my bed just as I had turned out the light um, that hovered zipped across the room, zipped back, zipped up, looked at me and went away. And, um, you know, at the time it scared me, but I think it was there just sort of as a callback so that later in life I go, wait a second, if you're doubting this, then what was that? Mm -hmm. It was either an alien because it was clear as day, vivid, blue, turquoise, or it was a spirit because it was the eighties and there were no holograms back then or computer light. So um, I think that's, we all sort of, a lot of us, when we go through a spiritual experience and have to do that work. Um, but you know, I'm still doing the work. I think we're always doing the work. Exactly. I am a lifelong learner. I will always be a lifelong learner. We've, it's never, <laughs> I think when I first started doing this and I've talked with several of the people that I've trained with who, um, they're not doing the work, but they totally could if they wanted to. And they're like, well, I'm just not ready yet. I'm like, you are never going to feel like you're ready. You just got to like throw yourself off the ledge sometimes and, and know you're going to be okay. Because that is the way it feels. Is if you're going to wait for every little duck to be in a row, it's never going to happen. 
it's never going to happen. And I think it's interesting too, um, that what you said about your, your sort of having that confidence and that, um, self-esteem, because I've even noticed that as I've been studying mediumship, I started to do practice readings and I had three in a row that were so validating that even, that even I was sort of shocked because I, it was so specific and to the point where the, the person said, well, now my sisters want readings from you. And, now, and I was like, wait, I don't, I don't even know how that happened. And that seemed to be a fluke. <clears throat> but all of a sudden, as people were saying, yes, yes, that you're describing my loved one, that's exactly what happened. And you, one woman said, you even described, <clears throat> gave me the names of the two detectives on my brother's murder case. I mean, I said, Douglas and Larry, she's like, those are the names of the, the, the um, detectives. And I was like, and then from then on, I put this pressure on myself and the next three readings were flops. It was like, I just started to think, what if I'm making this up? What if I just got lucky? What if they were just feeding it to me because they wanted it to be true? And then it's like, I fell off the cliff. And that's, yeah. and that's we, we can be our own worst enemies. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's interesting that you say that about the imagination though, even it, it cracks me up because so many times people don't realize that we get this information through our imagination. So the better your imagination is, and it will totally feel like you're making stuff up, but when you're getting boom and names like that, I mean that you can't make that up. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I always joke with um, students, I'm like, you guys look like you're passing kidney stones, have fun. This is fun. You're talking to the dead. How cool is this? You know? Um, and I think we forget, you know, and it's okay. I'm talking to another world. How neat is this? Yeah. I mean, it, it's so, it's so exciting. And it, to me, it, it adds a magic to every day. I do what you do and um, where I wake up in the morning and I, I live with my boyfriend, but you know, if, <clears throat> when he's not in the room, I'll, I'll definitely check in and say, spirit guides, God, Thank you for being here. I'm excited to see what, to see what today brings and to know that even though there will be difficulties day to day, they're there for a reason. Mm -hmm. That there's, instead of it being an obstacle, it's actually moving all of us towards where we're meant to be. And that's another, another blessing in having this spiritual belief that, you know, I know some people don't. I mean, a lot of people don't. It sounds crazy. But my argument is if babies can be created from two bodies coming together, if flowers can exist, if intelligence that's a, that built a computer can exist, why are we so skeptical about the other side? If the universe can exist, if, if galaxies and planets and stars, why is it so out of the realm of possibility that this could be true? But I think we start to take for granted all of those things. It's like, oh, well, that's science. And But it's so interesting, even with science, only like 10% of science can be scientifically explained. You know what I mean? So there's, and I think we come in with our intuition. It's almost like we talk ourselves out of our intuition as we get older. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, it's crazy to me. And that's why you talk a lot about imagination and you, you, it, I know that you teach, it will feel, when you're doing mediumship work, it will feel like you're making it up. When I got those names, I didn't hear a voice. I didn't see words. I just knew that those, I just said, 
these are the names that I feel that I just, I, I feel I'm making up a story. Mm -hmm. um, as I'm describing this person, I'm going, okay, I know who this guy is. He's got a beard and he likes to drink a lot and he, I feel that he's a really good guy and, you know, and I'm describing him, but I don't, I sort of see him in my mind's eye, but I don't, nobody's telling me that. I just, I, and, and you know, when you're getting validation, that's the only way you know that it's different from your imagination. Absolutely. But that's why children, I think, you know, they do have that imagination and hopefully haven't been discouraged from exploring it. Yeah. And, um, you know, and especially like if you're doing like what you're talking about, when you're blending, when you're blending with the spirit world, it still feels like you're grasping at clouds. You know what I mean? Where it's, it's not like this tangible Bob says, um, but in the same sense, um, it just feels right. And there's that flow. And, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of you just got to start talking. And once you start talking, then you get out of your head and then you allow it to flow. Because I mean, thinking as you, you, as you know, it's like, this is like kryptonite for a medium is oh, to yeah. think. <laughs> you know it's like we don't want to do that getting out of your analytical brain i think is the hardest part um and then um i have an, another question too is when you first came out to your loved ones um i think a lot of them probably already knew that you had this gift it sounds like because it seems like it was gradual but did how did people react um or did you just sort of not tell everybody and just kind of do your thing and let them find out organically no, I came out. I did it on Facebook. Um, <clears throat> my family wasn't at all surprised. Um, I, I'm one of those people that I kind of got pushed into it because of a lot of different deaths that had happened. Um, and when my niece was killed, it was sort of like that pushed it right out. So everybody in my family was really open to it. Um, my mother's a born again Christian, so she doesn't want any part of it. But it's interesting because we have talks that are, she'll label it the Holy Spirit and I label it something else, but it really is so similar. Mm -hmm. um, so we have great discussions. Um, the only person that I can say that really broke my heart, um, one of my dear friends who I grew up with, um, we were best friends all through high school, all through college. She actually unfriended me on Facebook. Um, and I don't know if she was going through her own stuff, but, um, she's hardcore Catholic, uh -huh. totally wrote me out. So that was like one of those things where I'm like, you know, me, you know, you know, I, I'm not, a, a, how could you do that? But I guess it was just, it was more than she could handle. Um, the one time <laughs> I remember going to a mediumship event with Rebecca Rosen. Do you know who she is? No. Oh, she's lovely. She's a lovely medium. And I was there uh, with a friend and my dad came through. He was like the second person through and he insisted that I give a message to my stepmom and I don't talk to my stepmom. Mm. And I didn't even want her to know that I was going to a mediumship thing. So that was kind of tricky. You know, yeah. which I did. It was his wish for me to do it. So I did. I wrote her a long note. Okay. But, you know, I've definitely, you're not going to say no to the dead. Um, yeah. But on the most part, I mean, I think pretty much everybody, you know, even, even the people that I know who don't necessarily agree or believe in it, um, they know me and they know I'm sincere and I'm not a fibber. So it's like everybody's pretty supportive. 
Yeah, and I'm sure it sounds like, a, I know a lot of people who um, have, um, you know, certain religious beliefs, they feel it's, um, you know, maybe wrong to, to, to circumvent God. Um, and, and so that's what it comes down to is just, you know, unfortunately, I don't feel comfortable with the, with the concept of um, you communicating directly with spirit and passing on messages. But um, my belief is that God gives you this ability to heal other people um, and to be a conduit um, for God and, and be um, and let them know that there is more to life and that there is more that we're here to do. Um, and I actually wondered, you, you might have an answer for this. I sometimes wonder, I wonder why they do want us to know that because if we know it, then aren't we sort of cheating the game? Um, you know, rather than just letting us figure it out on our own and make our own decisions, um, you know, why would they, why do they want us to know? I think they're just there to help, you know what I mean? But it's like, you have to, um, my ex always used to say, it's like the vampire thing, like where you can only invite the vampire into your house and they'll come in then, but they can't just come in on their own, yeah. <laughs> which I, I guess is kind of true. The only thing with mediumship that um, I have a, a challenging time with uh, is people who have the misconception of uh, you know what the Hollywood does to it, right? You know, with the the scary stuff, the low vibration, the entities, things are stuck to me. I have to have a clearing. You know, it's like I've got all these entities stuck on me. Um, I just had somebody in one of my circles reach out to me, and he said he went for this person to help opening up his heart chakra, and he said she said that it was going to take six sessions. She was going to have to go to his house. It, it, it was this whole thing of like clearly trying to get money. Yeah. And I just despise when I hear things like that, because if this, if the spirit world was low vibration and scary, there's no way I could work with it. I just couldn't. I've never had a spirit come through that was scary. They just don't. I, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because that's my belief as well. Um, and I do sometimes I I've only watched a few of the shows because when they take that haunting and that um i personally don't believe that that's actually a demon i think it's actually the energy of something that happened there that is just something that was negative that someone might be picking up on but i personally believe that if there's a spirit in your house it's not a haunting it's someone who loves you who's trying to get your attention and it can feel scary because you don't know who so it true. is and there's something lurking in the dark and you don't know what that is, but it's probably your grandpa. It's probably somebody that you love, you know, trying to be funny and get your attention. Um, and uh, I also wonder, do you have um, any, do you have any daily rituals that you do um, yourself in terms of, I know that you said you, you wake up and you speak to your, your guides or um, loved ones in spirit, but do you have any other regular rituals, maybe not daily, because we all get wrapped up in life, but it's so funny. When I first started doing this, it was like I had to hold this crystal in this hand. I had to sit lotus position. I had to sit in this chair and it had, the sun had to be at this. For me to, even before I would get ready to do readings, it was almost like, uh, you know, how football games, people have to sit in their yeah. lucky chair. It was like that. 
now, I mean, if, if I'm going to sit before I do readings, it's like, I just expand my awareness. But I, the, the main thing that I do is I have my meditation chair. I sit in it every single day with one dog on one side of me, the other dog on the other side of me and my cat usually behind me. So you know how it is. Animals love to be near you when you get into a very high yes. vibrational state. Um, so we sit there and then I just have my dialogue with my spirit people. And then I'll usually do a small meditation, you know, uh, yeah. but that, that's normally it. And I'm, I don't meditate every day. Um, you know, I'd like to say that I do. Sometimes I do my transcendental meditation. Sometimes mm -hmm. I just sit in the power. Sometimes I'll do a guided meditation. Um, I like to kind of mix it up. Yeah. I, I, because I'm still so new, I tend to do that whole thing of like, I have to have the frankincense burning and I got to have my crystals and I have to meditate to binaural beats to get my brain in the, in the mode. Um, and that's also just because it's not natural for me. And I'm sort of, am like, as you said, passing a kidney stone when I'm doing it and it helps <laughs> to sort of go, all right, let's relax the analytical brain and let's kind of go into the flow of it. Um, and I know that you also, I, you're based out of Los Angeles, loud car, you're based out of Los Angeles, you do teach, you do um, readings. Uh, I assume now during COVID you're, you're doing Zoom readings, is that correct? Everything's pretty much on the phone, honestly. And I know people love Zoom readings. Yeah. Um, I'll do them if somebody really wants me to do them. But people have this misconception that like, I need to see you yeah. in order to do a reading. I actually, I feel do better work when I don't see you mm -hmm. because it's almost like my rational mind will look at you and we're human. We make judgments. Yeah. You know, whereas I feel if I don't see you, I'm just going with it. I'm just getting what I'm getting and it's great and it's clean and it's clear. So I've been loving the fact that we're in COVID. Um, to me, it's just, it's just very, um, and I know there's a hesitation because humans still like that human touch, that human interaction. Um, but I'm enjoying it. I know that sounds horrible to say, but I just feel like it's, my work's good, you know? Yeah, I am too. I've actually picked up yoga, daily meditation, things mm -hmm. that I would say, oh, I should do that, but I haven't had time to and really been able to still my mind. I don't have anywhere to go. Right. It's actually a really beautiful thing. Um, and along those lines, um, you know, I know we're sort of getting towards the end here. In terms of what's happening in the world at this moment, um, uh, and specifically in our country, but in the world, uh, from a spiritual perspective, what do you think is going on here? Well, first of all, we know that never before has there been so many, I should say, such polarities. Um, there are some who believe that we're getting, we're in the midst of a shift from third density to fourth and fifth density. Um, and the lower vibing are going to go their way and the higher vibing are going to go their way. Whether it's like an atom that's going to split, we're going to have two planets. Whether it's we're going to have a solar flare and people are going to leave. Uh, I mean, I think we see a lot of people leaving. You know, yeah. the planet right now. I don't let any of it bother me. Uh, politically speaking, this is a matrix. This is all like a simulated reality. So to me, anything that I'm going through, it's almost like grab your bucket of popcorn and watch, you know? And, and that's kind of the way I've been, I'm looking at it. 
Uh, I don't get myself in any crazy political conversations. I just, everything is kind of being that passive observer where you're looking down, trying, and it's hard because we can all get sucked in because we're human. Sure. Um, but, you know, so that, I find this exciting to be alive right now. Yeah. Because to me, it's, first of all, we could never have done this kind of, you know, conversation that we're having right now. 30 years ago, 20 years ago, right. you know, people wouldn't have, for me to have come out to my students that I was a medium, I couldn't have done that. Yeah. People are so much more open and accepting. And it is the dawning of the age of the Aquarius. You know what I mean? It's like everything's shifting and I'm thrilled to be alive right now. I think this is, these are cool times. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. And I think I tend to be someone who my whole life has had high anxiety to the point where it's, it's been crippling. And I'm actually calmer now than ever. And it's not because I'm not aware or sensitive to the fact that people are suffering or, um, you know, compassionate towards people who feel unsafe. But I actually feel so calm because, because of my spiritual faith, because I believe not so much that things, bad things can't happen because they do, but because I know that it's part of a greater plan. And I believe that, um, our consciousness as a like our universal consciousness is actually expanding and i think that we're actually growing and i think this is all part of a greater plan to help us evolve so it's it's unsettling but i'm i feel very centered in it because i know that i'm like this is happening for a reason not mm -hmm. in the not in the cliche way but i think that really there's something larger at work and it's helping us all to grow spiritually in a way that we can't even understand or fathom. So um, I do also feel the same way. Um, and so I'm glad to hear you say it because I feel, you know, it, it's coming from somebody who does have confidence in, in what she's, um, the communication that she has with the other side. I think that, that it, it sort of aligns with what um, I feel is happening. And I hope, I hope that um, a lot of people can take comfort in that. Um, yeah. You know, it's funny because I think a lot of people fluctuate, you know what I mean? It's like, they'll have their moments. Um, and then they're like, okay, yeah, this is just a simulated reality. And I mean, when you say that to some people, they don't know what you're talking about, but there's some serious proof these days about this being a simulated reality. So when you start doing your research on it, it's, um, but as is with all of this stuff, as you well know, it's just that you go down the rabbit hole and then you go deeper and you go deeper and you go deeper. That's why if somebody's like, oh, I've got it all figured out. I'm like, oh my God, I don't have any of this stuff figured out. I've got like, every day it changes. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's a, I wish I could remember her name. I've read her books. I'll probably remember it after, but <clears throat> a medium I saw an interview with, um, she said, you know, basically what this is, is that we're all doing a play. And then when we cross over, we all meet backstage. And I love that idea because I think um, it's very comforting to know that there is no death. I too look forward to it. I don't want it to happen anytime soon because I'm excited. I find this, this life exciting, but I'm not afraid of it. I, I don't want to lose someone I love, but I, um, I also am actually really excited because I think that's where we do get to do all this stuff. That's where, as you said, I keep saying, oh, I want to go back to Costa Rica, but finances. And then if I go, I have to find a cat sitter and, and I have to get um, my bags packed. And, I, and it's like, well, on the other side, I can just go there. 
I can just float there. And uh, I think that's such a beautiful thought that if I don't get to do it now, it doesn't mean I'll never get to do it. Right. And also it's like much like with the near death people. Um, once you have that kind of concept and you've wrapped it around your head, you take chances. I mean, seriously, it's like, you're not really, you're not living in fear. And it's like, you know, people first started saying you want to do demonstrations. I was like, yeah, sure. I didn't have a clue how to do it. Um, do you want to teach a class? Yeah, sure. You know, I've just learned you say yes and you figure it out later <laughs> and it always exactly. works out. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Um, and then let us know where we can find you, um, where, where viewers can find you if they are, look, I guess you can do now because you're on the phone, you can do readings from anywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right now I'm actually on the East you, coast. I'm at my mom's house. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But my website is just mediumsusan.com. It's super, super easy. Mediumsusan.com. People book right online, as you well know. Um, and it's got always my events that are coming on. It's got, um, you know, just different things. It explains a little bit about mediumship. It's got some um, live footage of things that I've done. Yeah. And I like to do work with other mediums too. I love to teach classes with other mediums. I like to do demonstrations with other mediums. I think it's good to get different personalities um, because certain spirits will gravitate towards certain personalities, mm -hmm. you know? So I've kind of found that that's always fun if you do a small group reading with another medium. Yeah, that's fun. great. Well, thank you so much for your time and energy this morning. It was so lovely. I, I loved having this conversation with you. Thank you for being part of my channel and um, you and I will speak very soon. Awesome. Thanks, Shannon. Thank, Thank you, you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks. <laughs>